Welcome, everybody, to the Week 10 Recap Eyes on Big Podcast. This is your number one up-and-coming Big Ten football-specific podcast. I am your co-host, Jeffrey the Greek. This is Big Kurt here. Oh, wow. Seems like Big Kurt's got a little <laughs> extra pep in his step today. Indeed. The uh, sun is shining brighter today. The sky seems more blue. The birds are singing better tunes. Not sure what it is. Just seems like a different day. And I'm uh, looking out the uh, walkout uh, door in the downtown uh, or the downstairs, downstairs athletic club, and I can tell you right now that it is gray and rainy and crappy outside. That's, and that's not what the, I see. That is the effective mood that uh, I am feeling right now. But we soldier on. We have a podcast. Dang it! And that's we're right. To record. Come rain, come shine, come loss, come win. How many of these have I recorded after being totally humiliated? Uh, Big Kurt is actually wearing his Illinois shirt today. I I don't think you have worn the Illinois shirt the day after at any point in the year. year. Maybe a couple of the early games. Yeah. But I have not worn it recently until today. Uh, I'm sporting it, and I was out at brunch today, and an Illini came up to me and started chatting about you know what year did you graduate this and that of course she had no idea about the game she didn't couldn't oh, care less but right. got to at least talk to an Illini and tell her about the big victory good thing she didn't come up to you and ask that same question any one any of the last other week weeks, she would have been met with uh, you know probably a little bit of a tough attitude and it is grade. Sunday afternoon and I am recording with a celebratory beer right you now. you are drinking a Indeed Day Tripper which Pale a, Ale which is a great beer by the way right local now. Minneapolis brew here yeah I've got water um, to put out these flames but uh, all right let's go ahead and go on to the weekly Eisman all right Eisman Trophy candidates this week presented by the Downstairs Athletic Club we'll start with Familiar face, Jonathan Taylor, Wisconsin running back, had 208 yards, three touchdowns against Rutgers this weekend. Connor Hayward, Michigan State running back. First Michigan State running back to break 100 yards this year. He had 157, two touchdowns. J.K. Dobbins got things rolling on the ground for Ohio State, had 23 carries, 163 yards, and three touchdowns. Reggie Corbin, this is a big one. Way to go, Reg. Illinois running back. 13 carries, 213 yards, two big touchdowns in their victory. Terry Wright, Purdue wide receiver, six catches for 134 yards, three big touchdowns. Finally, Karan Higdon, Michigan running back, 132 yards, one touchdown. Who are you going with? Unfortunately, I think this is a no-brainer this week. Uh, I'm going to go with Terry Wright, the Purdue wide receiver that torched the second-best uh, defense in the Big Ten mm-hmm. all afternoon and into the evening. Yep, I'm going Terry Wright as well. Of course, I'm inclined to go Corbin because I was just so jacked for that awesome performance. But Terry Wright, without a doubt, best performance of the weekend for me. I think he only had two touchdowns on his career going into this game. Yeah. So Terry Wright it is for me. And uh, Karan Higdon um, at least deserves a honorable mention. Uh, big game moment, you know. Um, certainly, I think that was a game that a lot of people around the country was tuning into. Like, all right, let's just see how good this Michigan defense and team is. Yeah. And he was definitely a big part of the performance. And I think for it Michigan. was his seventh consecutive hundred yard game. He's, I believe he is. He is Mister Consistent. And they're eleven and zero when he runs for hundred yards. Yeah. All right. Which is awesome. Um, all right. Let's move on to the games. <laughs> First 
up the Wisconsin Badgers 31, Rutgers Scarlet Knights 17. The Badgers with about what you'd expect, 473 yards of offense. I think something a little bit surprising here, Rutgers with 333 yards of total offense. And you bring that up because, I mean, Rutgers had consistently been right around about 200 yards of total offense the last several weeks. They're the worst Um, offense in the Big Ten. Yeah, quite hands down. Um, I tell you what, I mean, this was settled right around a 28-point spread in the game. Mm -hmm. Uh, Wisconsin only won by 14 points. They got the win. I don't want to besmirch the Badgers here too much, but – tell you what that's that's not a fantastic performance against what probably yep. is the worst power five team in, in all of college probably football. and you're at home and I just wanted to point out the student section for Wisconsin it was pathetic you know okay you're having a little bit of a disappointing year come on man I can tell you you're going to regret not going to these games when you look back and graduate why didn't I go to that Rutgers game damn it yeah I mean who knows what, what if Wisconsin isn't very good in 10 years and you're 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 you know you missed that opportunity Rutgers I gotta say, since Chris Chris Ash got more involved in the defense, they're they're coming to life. Two big interceptions, they had a punt down at the one yard line. They just seemed like a different team to me on Saturday. Art Sitkowski actually had a solid stat line. Twenty of thirty nine, two hundred and sixty one yards, a touchdown. He he definitely played the best out of the quarterbacks in this game. I don't even think it's up well, to debate. Yeah, then you go back to Hornybrook, and as I've made very clear, I'm not a big fan of his, and he just had an atrocious game. Something's going on. Either he is injured or the offense is just so much out of sync right now. I mean, okay. I think because on the positive on the po- okay. On the positive side for Wisconsin, they they still had a huge day around the ball. Like we said, Jonathan Car- uh, yeah. Taylor had 208 yards, three touchdowns. They went what over 300. I, why I could not pull the trigger on Rutgers plus the points because that mm-hmm. was a, a ton of points. It was yeah, basically is. two things. Number one, they're big trip, you know, into the center of the of the country, and I'm I'm yeah. always always leery of bad of teams, teams on the road. It. Yeah, not stuff good, like that. Not pretty. Um, but and then the other side of the positive for Wisconsin was is, is I didn't think they would be able to stop Jonathan Taylor. They couldn't. Mm-hmm. Knowing that Jonathan Taylor is getting uh, yards at the clip every time I tuned into the game. Yep. The offensive line was just pushing the Rutgers oh, defensive yeah. line around. My gosh, you would think you would be able to pair off that with a much more successful uh, a passing attack. Whether that just You'd comes from so, right. <laughs> uh, play action yeah. or just straight back throwing the ball just straight play action just just boot right. off that everything I, gets easier when you're running the ball well right it's supposed to apparently not not for, for Wisconsin for Hornibrook right not now. when Hornibrook and maybe is, it's is a combination there. of you know just a just a lack of of receivers and I don't I to be honest with you, I don't I completely yeah, know what's going on I mean on. but they've got a couple good tight ends they've got Danny Davis they've got uh, Taylor the, the receiver they've got weapons out there yeah they've got talent uh, wanted to point out Raheem Blackshear had a great game, 200 yards from scrimmage for him and a touchdown. And both those interceptions were from uh, Saquon Hampton on, on defense. He had a great game. I was a little disappointed. Friend of the show, college football home, CFB home on Twitter. He did a hot seat this weekend. He put Ash like as one of the top three. We've gone over this. I don't think Ash is getting fired. And, and I see them improving, too. I, I just have again. I have a problem with hot seat rankings. I hate them. in general. I just think it's you know cliched. But um, I will say that if you're, if you're gonna have a hot seat, 
list, Ash deserves to be on there. It's right fine now. to put him on there, but I've got I've looked into it. He's not getting fired. He's got a ten million dollars. Probably not. Yeah. All right, with the win, that moves Wisconsin to six and three overall, four and two in the Big Ten, still in the solid second place there. Rutgers falls to one and eight overall, and they got a donut in conference, 0-4-6. Next game up, Michigan State 24, Maryland 3. Michigan State with 356 yards of total offense. Maryland with 100. So one of the games that I didn't play yesterday, and by play I mean, you know, make it more interesting. Yeah. Um, I get it. This sometimes things just break down as simple as they seem, which is Maryland needs to run the ball mm-hmm. to have a offense that moves the ball. Yep. Uh, Michigan state is really good at stopping the run. Oh yeah. That is exactly what happened. And yeah. Michigan state just stomped out Maryland. The only reason I didn't play that game was because I, I thought that line should have been higher. I thought that mm. should have been a seven to eight to nine point Michigan state yeah. line. Regardless, it was it was right around two and a half and three. Mm. Anyway, long story short, it played out exactly how it, you thought it would, which is Michigan well, State just stomped on Maryland. It played out and then some. I, I would have never guessed only 100 yards. I mean, this is a very good Michigan State defense, but Lord. And just Maryland overall, I have no confidence in this Matt Canada offense. It's, it's fine if all you care about is let's get to a bowl game. Because you're going to do that. You're going to beat hell out of crappy defenses. But as soon as you hit a stout front seven, it this this offense is absolutely neutralized. And maybe it would be different if you had a better quarterback. I don't know. But it, it just and, and you you are coaching and calling plays in the Big Ten, let alone the Big Ten East. Yeah, where you are going to run into a stout defense all the time. Exactly. I mean, you could even say it's a down year for defenses with in the Big Ten. Wisconsin is down, well, and so is Ohio State. Sure, but then at the same time, you got Iowa until this weekend playing lights out. Michigan's playing great. Michigan State's playing great. Ohio State probably not as, as good as normal, but there's a, a three like absolute shutdown defenses in this conference right now. Anyway, long story short, you, you got to bring more to the table in the passing game. Chuck Long has been saying it on the Big Ten Network for two or three weeks now. It, uh, they have to get something going. Yeah, in the know, passing game. I don't know if you remember preseason in the I – I'm not sure if it was the, the, the bus tour, but Howard Griffith, he made a prediction that Kasim Hill was going to lead the Big Ten in passing yards. You remember that? <laughs> what? He did, yeah. I mean, it's hard to imagine now. It, I, it was a little easier to imagine back then. That is but going, even when he said it back then, I was like, wow, that's that's going way out on a limb there. <laughs> that limb broke quick. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he, was not, he was not on that limb I very long. I haven't seen him in, in studio recently. Have you? Um, yeah, I've seen him. Well, he was on the, the pre-game this week, but none of the post-game stuff. Yeah, maybe yeah. that's something going on. Um, something to point out. Not a great game for Brian Lewerke. 11 of 20, 87 no. yards, a touchdown. Yeah. I know it wasn't. They yanked like, him. I don't know if it was just perf- – I mean, he was playing horrible, but I think it, his shoulder's bothering him too, I think. Still. I, I think right now you, you you roll with Rocky. I think absolutely. Rocky is – any question. Is, I mean, I felt like he's been a spark for a couple weeks now. I don't know. That dude's tough, man. Yeah. I love seeing him tuck it and run. I guess was a, a former state champ wrestler. Okay. Um. Don't don't hear about that too often. State champ wrestlers that well, you become know a quarterback. From, right? I don't know where he's from. He's from Iowa. Oh, he is. Yeah, okay, he's from the Des Moines area. Wow, no Every, kidding. Everybody wrestles in Iowa. It's like playing yeah, hockey in Minnesota. The last time I remember a 
a like a big time high school wrestler being a Big Ten quarterback was Jason Verduzco. Oh yeah, he's a big wrestler. Oh yeah, Verduzco. Yeah. He's always one of my favorite non uh, non Iowa quarterbacks. Okay, so with the win that uh, brings Michigan State to six and three, four and two overall. And I gotta say. Um, there was a time recently where Michigan State season was on the brink of disaster. I thought there yep. was at least a chance that they wouldn't even run to a bowl game. Mm-hmm. And now here we are. And you're, you're starting to look at their schedule. I could see at least one or two more wins. Yeah, absolutely. And we should point out 100 yards for Maryland, but 26 on the ground. Yeah. They averaged 0.9 yards per carry on That's- the ground. And this is a running team. Correct. Wow. That's bad. Uh, and then with the loss, Maryland falls to 5-4 and four overall, 3-3 three and three in the Big Ten. Next up, pretty darn good game. Ohio State 36, Nebraska 31. Ohio State with 481 yards of total a- offense. Nebraska with 450 yards of total offense. Um, I My spidey sense was up mm-hmm. on this game okay. um you know talking to buddies like thinking about the 11 o'clock games to look at i know the general thought process was urban off of a buy urban yep. off of a buy we talked urban about that of a buy yep uh the, but there the was just show. something the matchup to me i i completely screwed it up on the last podcast when we were talking about it i was I, what i meant to say was i don't think this is a good matchup for Ohio State, Ohio State I, okay. I said Nebraska that that came to fruition well, all the things did. that Ohio State has not been able to stop all year long Nebraska does well yeah. that's what you saw in this game yeah Nebraska played a great game I, I I can't help but think though a lot of the the poor plays that they had you know if they hadn't had those they could have been a position to win this game uh the, you had the, that horrible onside kick right yeah you had that. That's to- a that. That's all right. I mean, that got social media going. Oh man, media. That's Feel like bad a, for that's that like kid. a meme or a GIF or a GIF or however you want to say it. That GIF. thing is it's flying. a GIF. Okay. Uh, but they had a blown coverage where there was just nobody in the screen. Uh, there's let's see the the kickoff return, punt return. Just but yet the the most boneheaded play punt. in the game was Adrian Martinez when they are in the red zone going in. Yeah. At that point, I think they might be uh, going up either for the lead or a two-score lead, and Adrian Martinez gets pressure and inexplicably turns to his left and throws it straight behind him <laughs> to his running back who fumbles it in Ohio State, picks yeah. it up. That I, I don't know if I've even ever seen it, so, seen that before. So I mean, he's, I, a fr- he's a true freshman. Right, and, and I guess my point in this is Nebraska is a better team than their record, much uh-huh. better team Def- than their record. There's no doubt about and that. And they're getting better as the season goes on. If they can just cut down on some of these mistakes – they're a solid Big Ten team. I mean, they they were in a position to potentially beat Ohio State. Okay. I've actually at Ohio be, I've State. actually befriended a Nebraska fan on Twitter, and okay, his let's hear it, Corey Honnold. I, sorry if I'm screwing up your name, but um, um, he changes his handle every day. I can't. I don't, oh, I, can't, I hate I can't, that. I can't keep track of it. But um, and uh, I don't want to get too deep, but he there is an admittance by some Nebraska fans that you know a lot of this stuff is coaching. Oh, it there, is. There is game day clock management, game day decisions. Yeah. At the end of the game, he had a ch- uh, uh, Scott Frost had a chance to go for it on fourth down to put pressure. Mm-hmm. I mean, 
you, you have to win out to even make a bowl at that point. Yeah, what you got you nothing to lose. to lose. You're just in the go horseshoe. Sure. There, there was just and then just the the continuous poorly timed uh, uh, turnovers, poorly timed yep. special teams gaffes, poor, poorly timed. Penalties. We've seen it all year, right? It's, it we we're, we're in a November now. Yeah, it's been. The, it's not improving. No, that, you that have to address that stuff because to me. If that is the only thing that's changed, like, because my guess is for Nebraska, their defense is pretty much unfixable this year. This is what you have. I mean, it got better. It's been yeah. better. It's been better. The There's last only couple so weeks. much you can do. Sure. If if Scott Frost and the coaching staff would have spent more time concentrating on this stuff that we're talking about, mm-hmm. they got one or two or more wins on the on the record right now, without a doubt. Now let's switch it over to Ohio State. First of all, those uniforms, take them off. Burn them. Just have a bonfire. Never wear them again. I've got a great idea for you. How about you wear scarlet and gray? What do you think? You know, like one of the more iconic uniforms in all of college football. On top of that, and maybe honestly, the power of those uniforms affected my like the aesthetics of what Ohio State tries to do on offense. Because in the end, they had 481 yards of total offense. That's a great. Yeah. But against they the, got, not, but they got no identity on offense. Man. They're lost. That I, was I have no idea what they're trying. What I think is happening is that Ryan Day started the year off mm-hmm. beautiful weather, you know, in the upper Midwest right. or wherever they're playing. Pitch it all They've over got the a field. strong arm quarterback who is going to be an NFL quarterback mm-hmm. one day, in Dwayne Haskins, and they were just chucking the ball all over the field all all the time. Yep, but. Then uh, going, you know, after the the game in West Lafayette, they get pretty much blown out of that game. And I think part of what is in um, uh, Urban Meyer's DNA, the question I saw out there is, mm-hmm. who hates who more? Does Urban hate his team more? Or does his team hate <laughs> Urban more? <laughs> I mean, I think that's a valid well, question. But but in all honesty, this is not what Urban Meyer wants to see an Ohio State offense look like. I know that no. it has been a spread but it's been a power spread that he's run Correct. they can run the ball they are typically in the top 10 or 15 and rushing every year so i think in that bye week he's like we are running the ball yeah and they well, were and they going did. to force that to happen no matter what yeah, and they did they ran the ball it finally well, popped, finally but it wasn't looking right good for the first two and a half quarters now defensively they they Again, I'm just going to use the term lost because this team just does not seem to know what they're they're not cohesive on defense. Brendan White, did you see number 25 on defense? He came in after that horrible targeting call, which was total BS. He was playing lights out. And you look around the other the other defenders just didn't seem that interested. And this guy, finally, it's like his first game where he's getting, you know, reps every play. And it made me think maybe the rest of them just don't care that much. I don't know. OK, so that would get into the has Urban Meyer lost his team yeah. talk, and I'm not I'm not going it's out valid. there and saying it's that's what that's what it is. I don't I'm not I'm not in the locker room, you know. But right. they look off. Yeah, they don't wrong. look f- just like flying around going nuts like Ohio State typically does. Something's just off. With it that is because they're because. Every every team gets hurt with attrition and injuries. Okay, yep. and, and Ohio State definitely had that. Their defense talking uh, guys went to the NFL last year and then sure. Bosa going out Bosa, this of year. Course. But yep. to be this poor consistently, it's unfathomable for an Ohio and State defense. The horseshoe crowd was just raining down booze at, on them at one point. Let's remind everyone: Ohio State won this game, and they've only lost one game in the year. But it just doesn't look like what we expected, right? Yeah.
Um, so with the win, Ohio State, yes, they do. They uh, they move to eight and one overall. They are five and one in the Big Ten. Nebraska falls to two and seven overall, one and five in the Big Ten. Unless there is a miracle where, because you remember they got in at five and seven to a bowl four years ago, something like yeah, that. Yeah, and they beat out Before. Illinois, that was also five, five and, seven. and seven. That was in 2015. So I would put it at a 98% lock that uh, uh, Nebraska will not make a bowl for yeah. two years in a row. Next one up Illinois. 55, Minnesota 31, Illinois with 646 (laughs) yards of total offense, Minnesota with 438 yards of total offense, Kurtz, big Kurtz fighting Illini with 430 rushing yards. Yes. What I kept thinking about is it was basically Illinois played two Maryland games Two weeks in a row, except they reversed the, right. the roles this time around. Pretty much. Let me take a big swig of my Indeed day tripper okay. before we get started on this one. And and, on and while you're taking that sip, I, I think it's time. Ah. And I understand. Is that good? I think it's A-OK. It's gotten to the point for Gopher fans. If yeah. they can walk up to their defensive coordinator, Rob Smith, yeah. Rob Smith and ask. I know. What, what would you say you do here? They've got a point, right, at this. They absolutely it, do. Like, now, the defense, again, attrition matters. And yes, this is a developmental program that had guys graduate last year and then yeah. get guys hurt, yep. okay? Um, but you can't give up 430 yards rushing to Illinois. No, you can't. To anybody. <laughs> to anybody. But, but, but And Illinois is good at running the ball. I they are good at running mean, the ball, but they, they, sh- they should not be losing to a team of Illinois' caliber and getting outplayed by a team of Illinois caliber like this. Um, I said before in our picks podcast, Gopher fans, you think you got a bad defense? You haven't seen a bad defense? You'll see it uh, you was, know, when Illinois is on. The- was that your most powerful example of re- reverse psychology you've ever pulled off? No, I was life? just flat out wrong. I really believed that. In fact, pregame, I, I tweeted, here's my, I don't normally do this, here's my score, my score prediction. 45-24 Gophers. I thought they were going to win by 21 points. So almost exactly opposite. Of yeah, that I know. How it wound up. And so, so did did you see differences out of the Lovey Smith with, coach D? Without a question, huge differences. Way more active. In fact, let me back up a second. I read an article today. He pulled. He went to each of his position groups on defense this week, and he asked them, "What do you think we should do in this game? How would you play this game?" And they they were shocked. He's asking us how how to call the game, and the cornerbacks are like, "Well, we need to play inside uh, position as opposed to outside." They run a lot of slants. He goes, "Okay, let's play inside." Linebackers are like, "We need to blitz more." Okay, let's blitz. Let, let's blitz more. Let uh, we need to you know disguise coverages. They so basically, all of asking them, "What are you good at? What are you comfortable right. doing?" And I think it was just more kind of psychology i think that's what he was going to do anyway. yeah i but mean it's that's it was, a that's a management not trick i'm going to say but you know you right. want to you want your you want people to feel that they are a part of the solution so and, that's that's good and, and, the, and i gotta i gotta say i mean kudos for lovey for that but whatever the opposite of of kudos is uh wet willies to the fact that he kept hardy neckerts 
on staff for that long. That long, absolutely. But do you think it's that simple? I mean, no, it's not. But you, you, there isn't something you can bring up in the in or at the least tell them, the look, teams mean like this ain't this ain't right. working, man. We this got, is not yeah. working. But yeah, it was a totally different defense. As I said, much more active. They were blitzing a number of times. I, they had a couple sacks on blitzes. It it just it's what we've been asking for all year, and they finally did it. And by the way, the yardage total for Minnesota, there's there's a lot of garbage yards in there. Okay. Okay. They they and nothing against Rashad Bateman. That guy's going to be all Big Ten someday. Seven but, receptions, 175 yards, two touchdowns. He could have been a weekly Eisman candidate. He could have, um, but those were he had two touchdowns times. in garbage time. One was against the and, second and, string. There's a lot of third stringers on the. Out and there and, the and that one. means Tanner Morgan had garbage time stats too. Yeah. But again, he had another good day. 258 Correct. yards, two touchdowns. I but mean, the defense is great as the offense was for Illinois. The defense played. That's the the more surprising one to me. Now. Watching Minnesota's defense, man, just run defense, just out of place. Like, there's a whole, there's no linebacker anywhere to be seen. Yeah. And then the safety misses a tackle, gone. You know, it just, it was bad placement and bad tackling. I I mean, it's still insane for the, uh, Get rid of PJ Fleck talk. Well, that that's you ridiculous. See out of the Twin Cities media, but yeah, the, the Twin Cities media for everyone that doesn't live here has they've they've flipped like they're now they're anti Gopher, yeah. right? Pretty they've, much, they've it's, they've jumped the shark completely, yeah. like, which is BS. I mean, they have a lot of things to work on. I don't think Rob Smith has a job at the end of the year. Yeah, I think he is definitely cleaning up his resume. Yep, right now for but, sure. Yeah. All right, so with the win, Illinois moves to four and five overall, two and four in the Big Ten. The Gophers fall to the exact same uh, record, four and five overall, two and four in the Big Ten. Next game up, no boogers. <laughs> Purdue thirty-eight, Iowa thirty-six. Purdue with four hundred and thirty-four yards of total offense to Iowa's three hundred. And 93, um, I don't think there's really any question this was the best Big Ten football game yeah. of, of the day. Absolutely. Um, I don't know if you could necessarily call it back and forth. Uh, Purdue pretty much had the lead the For whole day, the game, but right? yep. um, Iowa hung in there and got the lead late in the game. Um, so it's ironic. Uh, Iowa had, uh, you know, Tom Moore is old. Uh, uh, Colts offensive coordinator. Okay, he's uh, he's got Iowa ties actually, and uh, he talked to the team recently. He talked about how every game it typically comes down to two or three plays that decide the game. Boy, okay. this one was no different. Um, yeah. you know, I I I don't think I'm gonna be able to get too far into this recap and not bring something up, and I would try to hardly ever bring this up because I just think it's sour grape fandom but mm-hmm. the refs were awful in this game yeah and made we didn't talk about the refs in the Illinois game but they were awful as well yeah but um I mean I just feel like officiating all across college football you is know, just getting worse and it worse. is getting worse I don't get it I don't expect there's them... just too much maybe there's just too much shit that they have to keep track of in a game and there's a lot of just dumb like rules can we get yeah. rid of the dumb rules um there there was phantom holding calls that oh there uh, was a horrible phantom holding in the illinois game yeah horrible but we're talking like at the end of the game when i was when trying to really run matters, the ball and, right. and you know and put and it away is... and then at the end of the game there was a play in the in the uh, end zone i mean 
the the proverbial you can't let a call like that decide the game definitely it, plays. It there. was I gotta say pretty fishy. I, I don't think you call that play in the middle of the second quarter. I either. agree. I, I I agree. There was just I only got much. one look at that play, but I, I thought it was a bad call. So switching it to the Purdue side of things, when Jeff Brom has a weakness that he sees mm-hmm. in the defense. He's gonna kill it. He's good at exploiting it. He for he, sure. He will. He's now, one of the best is, out there, without a doubt. Um, I had said on the last podcast that maybe it was time that somebody had the ability to go at Iowa's cornerbacks and and make them pay for it. That is exactly yeah. what happened. Julius Brents, the guy who got the the penalty at the end of the game okay. he is fantastic true freshman freshman right yep. on the other side also a freshman right yeah uh moss is i i think he's going to be just fine but he's just doesn't have the the off the charts skill set sure that it takes to play that position as a true freshman right not and many they, do yep and then so what uh they did is they just put terry Wright over top of him mm. and zico is another guy and they yeah. got talent and they just they um there was a Interesting comment by uh, AJ Epinesa, really good, you know, the defensive end, where yep. he said, I don't think they want anything to do with our pass rush. So they were just doing three step drops right. and just bombing it. And yeah, great it works. scheme, great game plan. I just, this is one of the more surprising games of the weekend for me because I just watched Purdue against Michigan State and I thought, we're going to see a replay of that. I thought once Purdue really runs up against a, an excellent defense, they're going to get neutralized, but but I think it. I think Purdue learned something last week. They must have of how it didn't work because they were trying to force the ball into Rondale Moore. Another thing, I don't know oh, yeah. how healthy Rondale Moore was, but I think they used him as a decoy all day long. Well, he's, there's no better decoy in the country. Only no. six catches for 31 yards. They yeah. totally shut him down. Yeah. But if you would have told me coming into that game that Rondale Moore would have had those stats, I thought we'd win by Absolutely. two touchdowns. But then of course Terry Wright reaps the benefits of that. Six catches, 134 yards, and those. Three big touchdowns. Um, Purdue really could not run the ball, which is another nope. thing as advertised. 100 like, yards. This is this remind me of – we play a lot of Tech Mobile songs on here. This reminds me of uh, playing my, my middle school buddy, Blair. I'll just say his name. He was horrible at the game. Okay. But somehow he would just chuck it up to Jerry Rice all the time, and it would just right. catch the ball. I could never stop it. Right. That's exactly what this, this game was. I mean mm. – and I'm not trying to take that – away from Purdue. You have no. to be able to have the quarterback drop the ball in where it needs to get dropped into, and David Blau did it all afternoon and evening. Yep, David Blau's excellent. Nice little bounce-back game from Nate Stanley, Yeah, Nate, Nate Stanley looked good. The running game looked good. Yep, uh, he spread the ball out to nine different receivers in this game. Nobody had a ton of yards. Fant had 85. Uh, next best was Hawkinson with 39, but yeah. just spread around. Um, it's the oddest with- thing with Stanley. You can literally tell by his second throw how sharp he is and yeah. and you know all of us Iowa fans are like okay Stanley's fine he's throwing the ball great so yeah it's like a pitcher either you have your stuff that day or you don't yeah he looked fine I mean there was a lot of people frustrated with the Iowa offense I wouldn't put it too much on the Iowa offense they had yeah. almost 400 yards of, of offense the only thing they couldn't do was just they had a chance at the end of the game when they got the ball back with the lead to just to just run the you know clock out and and put the game away mm-hmm. they couldn't do that that's that's very frustrating but not, even more frustrating is the defense just giving up big play after big play that yeah. has not been Iowa's defense at all this year no it hasn't and pretty big letdown game I think for Iowa overall you, you going into this game you think you got a really good shot at winning the west and now it's looking less likely 
Yeah, it was a uh, gut punch last week mm-hmm. in, in Happy Valley. This one was right in the family jewels. Yeah, the, this loss right here. Yeah. Um, yeah. Anyways, okay. With the win, <laughs> Purdue moves to five and four overall, four and two in the Big Ten. The Hawks uh. fall to. Six and three overall, three and three in the Big Ten. The power of sports, huh? Of how much it can affect your mood negatively or positively. Or positively yeah. in some cases. Yeah, shut the hell up. All right. <laughs> Notre Dame, 31. Northwestern, 21. Notre Dame, 464 yards of offense to only 249 yards of total offense. If I would have told you coming into this game mm-hmm. that the rushing stats would be almost the exact same, 121 to 108 but that there would be a 200-yard passing advantage for one team. Would have you not thought, oh, my God, Northwestern controlled this game? And Clayton Thorson went off. Correct. Right? Yeah. yeah, that's what you think. But for once, a Northwestern game actually plays out as you would expect on paper. I think we both thought Notre Dame was the much better team. Yeah. And they, they looked like it for the most part. Now, of course, the Wildcats, as always, made it interesting and, and you know, had their comeback. So – Got it to twenty four to twenty one in the fourth quarter. One of before. my one of my few tweets on Saturday night was, "And hey, everybody, Northwestern is Northwestern inning yep. again. Northwestern inning. Um, yeah, but in the end, um, I mean, my my quote that I have here for Notre Dame is, uh, there isn't anything Notre Dame does elite. No, but they have, but they're good everywhere. No right? weaknesses. No, they really don't. And uh, our our buddy." Tim Chapman Chappy. at Wildcat Report pointed out that the Wildcats might have trouble with the big receivers for Northwestern I, I, or for uh, Notre Dame. I think that played out that way. Um, Ian Book is good. He, that He's, guy has some wheels that I didn't realize yeah, he had. He's a more of an all-around he quarterback really talent than I realized he was. He's a dual-threat guy. How about that snag by Bennett Skoranek? On fourth, that fourth and five, that yeah. one one-handed. That was oh a huge, Lord. huge play in the game too. That was a huge play. The block punt by Cam Ruiz was a huge play. Uh, again, cats were just doing cats thing, but couldn't do enough to beat a you know, frankly, a pretty elite. Uh, but Notre you, Dame but program. I, I feel like you need to give Northwestern credit for in the sure. fact that that game was twenty-four to seven. It was over. I mean, that yeah. was that was toggle off that game, check out yep. the other games that are playing at that time, and then, boom, they come back because Pat Fitzgerald's teams never quit. That's what they do. Correct. And just wasn't enough against a top-notch team, a team that is for sure, I think almost for sure, going to be third in the college football rankings on Tuesday night. Yep, so Northwestern is now 0-3 in their non-conference games, and guess what? Who cares? They're in first freaking place yep. in the West still. And, and here's another shocker. Northwestern, zero turnovers, zero penalties. Yeah, just another clean game. It's just what Did they almost do. everything they could to stay in this game. Yeah, it was a great performance, I thought. But with the loss, Northwestern falls to 5-4 and four overall, but 5-1 and one in the Big Ten. That's the one that counts. Notre Dame's 9-0. and oh. All right, last game of the day. Michigan, 42, Penn State, 7. Michigan with 403 yards of total offense to mm. only a a hundred and eighty-six for Penn State. What are you gonna say here? Well, this was this is part of the revenge tour for Michigan, right? And boy, did they get some revenge. I kind of enjoyed the showboating on the Michigan side. Did you see the like the 
they were doing the Trace McSorley, the, the really? home run swing. I did not see that. They were doing, remember, uh, what's his name, Barkley from last year. We do the airplane oh. after he'd score. They, well, they had them. They had them all saved up, huh? Yeah, and then Chase Winovich, who is my my favorite player yeah, interview. He's got too much Clay Matthews. I love him to me. Not 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 my type of. He deal. said we wanted our lunch money back, and we got it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, right now, Michigan's defense ain't just taking your lunch money. It's yeah. it's it's taking your taking mom and dad's four hundred one k and uh, the the. Oof the nook from the baby they're doing everything that they have to do right and and michigan's offense is just fine it's basically oh, putting it keeps up getting better the same stats every week i mean you never see um um the the total offense being like 600 yards or something like that um they they just they just do what they have to do to control the game and let but, their defense well they want to control the clock and and time of possession here they had 37 almost 38 minutes time of possession so they dominated that this is just old school football that khaki pants is playing and he's playing it very well i was interested to watch the michigan o-line versus penn state d-line michigan dominated that <laughs> that little matchup there they now have three consecutive wins versus ranked teams wow I know all the S and P rankings I've seen with their schedule. Michigan's obviously way up there for who they played this year. Yeah. So, um, I mean, Notre Dame, Wisconsin, Penn State, Michigan State. I mean, there is a lot to be said about playing ranked teams. Sure. I mean, that's always been a deal. There's also something to be said about just playing quality opponents. So, teams are going to go to bowls. Teams with winning records, you know, kind of the same thing. Mm-hmm. They played a ton of those te- games. Yep. And I tell you one thing, if they come into the big house, good luck. They are just murdering fools yep. in, inside. And, inside. And Trace McSorley, we've made no secret, he's one of our favorite players. Uh, we think he's probably one of the best players, maybe the best in conference. Totally neutralized him. 5 of 13 for 83 yards, zero touchdowns, one interception, 12 rushes, minus Six yards for yeah. Trace McSorley. He was – I just don't think he was healthy. He probably wasn't I mean, 100% healthy. I get that, yep. but still. This it, was, was this impressive. was one of my best plays for the weekend. Yeah. I mean, I did not see how Penn State was going to score points, so I took Michigan and right. I took the under because I, I I thought the final score would be something like 35-7, to 31-7. Uh-huh. That's pretty much exactly what it was. I got mm-hmm. nervous for a while there because – Penn State was letting up, was just throwing pick sixes and yeah. fumbaruskis and all that crap all around the place. Right. But uh, I think we're looking at the best team in the Big Ten here. Well, like it's not even close. Like I had said on the last podcast, we have two teams in the Big Ten that can make the college football playoffs, but only one team in the Big Ten that can win the college football yeah. playoffs, and I think that's Michigan. So, no doubt. with the win, that moves Michigan to eight and one overall, six and zero oh in the Big Ten. Penn State falls to six and three overall, three and three in the Big Ten. So, really quickly around the country, Georgia just curb stomped Kentucky. Yeah. There really wasn't much of a fight there. Um, Kentucky still has a pretty good defense, but mm-hmm. Georgia just kept running the ball till they popped some and 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 did well. Um, the Oklahoma Texas Tech game uh, surprised me. I every time I think Oklahoma is just yeah. going to murder somebody. The second the game starts out, and of course, if you especially if you play the dang Sooners, you're like, oh, that's right, their defense is awful. Yeah, it really it's is bad. Bad. Thankfully, like, they have. We've Kyle gotten Murray. on Ohio State on this podcast. Yeah. I've heard other national podcasts talking about Ohio State, but then they turn around and drool over Oklahoma and how they're all poised to make this big run. No, they're not Dude, making any de- run. Their defense is 
awful. I agree. It's, it's not gonna it's not gonna be a run to the college football playoff championship. Kyler Murray's great, but he can't put a hundred on the board. Right. Um, pretty close, but yeah, he's yeah. not that good. Uh, West Virginia, Texas, that will probably go down as one of the best games yeah, about it? of the weekend. Um, did you see that uh, little clip of of um, um, uh, oh shoot, West Virginia's coach? Um, oh, Holgerson. Holgerson. Yeah, where he's walking around, he's like, "Hey, you guys want to just win this game? Man, let's go win this game." Oh man, and then I they called. It. They called the play. I know they had been planning to throw it. Yep. Yeah, so they interviewed Greer, and and he said, "Well, we had planned before the drive, we were going to go for two if we scored." Yeah, and which I thought was awesome. And they then they didn't just do it once; they did it twice. Yeah, but a huge play action, you know, deep pass to to get the the score there. Yep, and then the two part conversion amazing. to yeah, then the two part conversion to go right at. I mean, at that point. Again, they. I mean, I don't want to say they had nothing to lose. They only have one loss. They still have a chance to get in the college football playoffs. Oh yeah, playoffs, no, that's huge. It, uh, that was that's a, that is a that is the type of play and call that energizes your team and yep. could could you know well, have them take a run. Did you see what uh, crybaby Tommy Herman said after the game? <laughs> no, he got mad that uh, Will Greer on the second two point conversion he ran it in, if you recall, and then he was like holding the ball out or something like that. And he said it was showboating, and on any other play, they would have they would have flagged that and and said that you know. I don't know about that guy. I don't like him at all. Coach Kissy Face, you know. He's yeah, just that's coach. when I started to not like him. When you saw the Kissy you, Face, so crap. he doesn't do it at Texas. I don't. think. I don't think so. But I think he. We're talking it. about how this is no joke. He would literally kiss every single every one player of his players as they got before, off the bus. Yeah, which I always thought was, was weird. Stupid. But. And then he cried in game one this year against yeah. Maryland after he lost. I don't know. Maybe the. Maybe the stress of the job is well, good I, to that dude. I think he's, I think he's a good coach that is not ready for a power program like like a blue blood yeah. Texas type program. He's in there are state. there are some guys that just need to be offensive coordinators and defensive coordinators. Right. Just because or, you are a good salesperson yep. doesn't mean you're going to be a good manager. They're they're two different jobs. Or a coach at Houston. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That works too. Um, and then last game to talk about the game of the century or whatever you want to call of it. The week. It was not. It was number one Bama versus number four LSU. Another curb stomp yeah. by Bama. But um, LSU at least slowed them down. They didn't score a 50. little bit. <laughs> I, but that's honestly the best thing you can say yep. about that game. Right. Everybody that I listened to, you know, for more national podcasts and radio, everybody had the same thing to say about that game, which was, okay, how is LSU going to score? Because LSU right. doesn't have a good offense no. in any regard. Nope. Then you go up against Bama. Um, LSU was just holding on. They were just right. doing whatever they could to just hold on. They were just to not get their doors blown right. off. Now, there's two things going on going on here. You you can have two independent things, which is this: Alabama is is freaking amazing, no doubt. LSU was not one of the three or four best teams. No, probably in the country not. They just had a game. really good defense. And that's about it. I don't even. Th I mean, it's it, but it's not Michigan good. No, it's you not know? Michigan good. I I'm mean, not it's that. it's it's top ten, fifteen. It's a good defense, yeah. but it wasn't the type of defense that you can just absolutely hang your hat on. No. So to me, if this plays out, if there is a situation where at the end of the year Michigan is in the college football playoff, and mm -hmm. I think right now they they control their destiny to get there. No question. Yeah. If you if you saw an Alabama Michigan matchup, this would be the game to look at. But I think Michigan has a little bit touch better defense than LSU, and I think they Much definitely better have a better offense. I agree than LSU. I think Michigan right now is the only team that belongs in the same field 
with Clemson. Bam, and I, I'm in, no, I'm including Clemson. I think Michigan's much better than Clemson. Ooh, yeah, really? I do. I I think it's a definite one, a definite two, and a definite three. I know that is blasphemous to say because, by gosh, on-field results matter, okay? Yep. And Notre Dame beat Michigan. But I will say it was in their house. Yep. I Early think, on. I think Michigan is just They've a gotten a lot team. better. Now, Notre Dame wasn't starting Ian Book then either, so you could say the same thing about Yeah, Notre that's Dame. a good point. But I don't know. I've watched a little bit of Notre Dame. I watched way more on you know Saturday night than I have in the right. past. I am impressed by Notre Dame. I just I, – I would I – would, think Michigan would beat them if they played again oh right now the Michigan would win yeah yeah but yeah I mean I I mean just real quickly since we you know the next podcast will come off after the college football playoffs but I don't think there's any question the number one's gonna be Bama number two is gonna be Clemson number yep. three is gonna be Notre Dame number four is gonna be Michigan I mean it, it should be yeah it's it's that not should, even up should be pretty cut and dried right debate I think yeah Georgia will probably be I would think five yeah I guess so yeah I don't have the the sheet in front of me but that sounds about that's right. pretty much what it'll be Ohio State will be up there. Um, yeah. West Virginia will they be don't up there. Up. Oklahoma will be up there. Yeah. I mean, those are going to be the teams that are going to be in the in the top ten. Right. Um, um, right now, to keep my interest on college football, which, it's always going to be there. I'll, I'll rebound around Wednesday or Thursday. But um, the college football playoff ways into it. If this winds up, if Georgia and Alabama wind up getting in mm-hmm. again, so right now we are down to this: either Georgia's got to get beat at any time. Because did you know both Georgia and Alabama are locked up, no matter what happens the rest of the year, because they both got a patsy they, right, game they, left. They, they're they're in. They're, they're, they're that's in the championship, the, the SEC game. championship yeah, right now. So there's only one, maybe two chances for Georgia to to lose a game. So you're almost mm-hmm. and and I I know it's college football. We do this every anything year. can happen. And, and I would say the same thing about Clemson too, but yep. how poor the ACC is from spot two to the bottom, yep, and how just okay the SEC is from spot three, three to the bottom. To the bottom, yep. I, I cannot see a loss for either Alabama, Clemson, or or uh, uh, Georgia, Georgia right now. Yeah, but Georgia will likely lose to Bama in the championship game and. Probably not get in with two wins. Two they losses, would not I'm get sorry. in with two losses. Right. But so right now. But if they won, then Alabama could get in with one. Yeah. So that is what we're down to. Is I don't think that's you're forced happen. to cheer for. Well, what has to happen for Bama is Tua Tonga Viola needs to stay healthy. Yeah. Because he's dinged up. A little dinged up. Yeah. Weird with that knee. They've, they're he down looked, to their third stringer because Jalen Hurts, I don't know if you saw him look walking Yeah, he's the injured field. too. He's, he's all messed up too. Yeah, I don't even know who their third guy is. Yeah. So I don't know. That's something to keep keep an eye yeah. on. But uh, all right, man, that's all I got for you. Me too. Okay. Well, hey everybody, thanks for listening to the uh, week ten recap of the Eyes on Big podcast. Please share. It's very simple to share the podcast through your your probable smartphone that you're listening to this right now. <laughs> we very much appreciate that. I am your co-host Jeffrey the Greek, and this is Big Kurt, and I'm on Twitter, Big Kurt. I'm sorry, at Big Kurt on Twitter. Big is spelled with one. Did you want to give your Twitter Jeffrey handle there? Jeffrey the Greek at Jeffrey the Greek. And go Illini. Yeah. Like that. All right. Talk Thanks a lot. Bye.